Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Hey, Work Positive Nation, imagine a work world with me. Okay, this is going to be a stretch for some of you, so hang in there. Imagine a work world with me where empathy is number one value in the company. Imagine a work world with me where relationships count because every person counts, right? Imagine a work world with me where instead of being recruited, you are courted, right? And you come into what feels like a set of relationships where your purpose and your passion align with your potential and you are developed. And so work is no longer a four-letter word, <laughs> but it, work is something that gives full expression to all of your humanity. And you wake up in the morning saying, I get to go to work. And you leave home and then you can't wait to tell the people who are most important to you how incredible work was. Imagine that kind of work world. What? You're having trouble imagining that? After this podcast episode today, you won't be able to not imagine it. How about that? Because it's going to be such a part of who you are. Because this dude today, man, he's going to lay it out and give you some very specific tactics you can start doing today to transform your work world into the one that I just described. Hey, Work Positive Nation, give a shout out. Help me welcome Chris Tuff. Chris, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast, man. I'm so happy to be here and I'm going to bring some positivity to that whole work thing. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, buddy. We're looking for a truckload of it, okay? You just yes. back it up. Beep, beep, beep. Yep. Dump it right on us, man. So I want to start with courtship because that's an amazing word that you use in your latest book, Savior Asks, right? Okay, you heard me work by the nation. Asks, that's A-S-K-S. I'm from the South. I have to say it very carefully. Savior Asks. In that book, you talk about courtship. So do something for us there. Line up courtship, because some of us have been dated really hard and brought mm -hmm. into a company, and then it's like we got married and they forgot about us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't come home. They didn't say I love you. They didn't kiss us anymore. You know, nothing. Yeah. Talk about courtship and this whole attracting top talent process sure. for companies. So a lot of times when I get brought into organizations, they have me do 20 minutes of The Millennial Whisper, which was my first book, which I published uh, three and a bit years ago, and then 20 minutes of Save Your Asks. And what's so fun to me is after I finish Save Your Asks, I then turn to the audience and say, it's actually with these tactics that you need to be implementing as you look at recruitment. Because you've got to leave, for example, go ahead and ask that potential candidate out to lunch, get them outside of that office. Mm. And in that conversation with them, do what I practice. I call it a, a race to the middle. Find that common passion point, right? With you and that other person. And it might mm -hmm. be big green egg recipes. It might be being the father of two daughters like you and I have, right? Yeah, it really. might be it might be learning how to kiteboard. It's any of these things, right? That I insist that 
we've got to save our asks as individuals. Before we go in for that ask, we've got to develop an authentic connection and mm. just have the desired outcome of that interaction be an authentic connection. Mm. And, and that's when we enough. do that, that's, that's enough. enough. Man. We're that's just enough. trying to get to know each other here as human beings. Exactly. And, and I truly do believe that once you have that common passion point established and, you know, some people call it small talk, you know, you're talking about the playoffs and, and major league baseball, but you, then you take it to the next level. Mm. And, and the one thing that I will tell anyone is the most important question. I believe we can ask anyone sitting across from us, whether that be a potential candidate, whether it be someone on your team or uh -huh. someone that you're trying to sell your product to okay. it's what is your dream? And for some people, that seems too cheesy. And so I'll say, all right, then what fires you up? What gets you excited? What is it that makes you tick? Mm. When you can ask that question and they answer it and you do one thing in your repertoire or in your talent base or within your network to help them take one step towards that dream, oh, wow. you are creating a lasting friendship and bond mm. that is authentic in that connection. Mm. And a lot of times for me, even when I'm meeting with, you know, these kind of muckety mucks, it's um, <laughs> I'll, I'll uncover that they really want to write a book. And I'll say, I've got a great nonfiction book planner that I can send your way. Do you want me to send yeah. it? They're like, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so that to me, you know, you look at this courtship, you know, that's needed. That's where we need to shift the mentality of just filling a seat and actually, you know, getting to know these candidates and, mm. and feeling each other out. And, you know, that is one piece that's missing right now because everyone's mm -hmm. just so overwhelmed. They're so reactive to yes. what's happening around them mm. versus moving into from a defensive positioning to an offensive position. And by the way, have it be fun. Have it be fulfilling, yes. right? Like that to me is where the magic lives. Oh, it is, man. And fun is one of my core values. So thanks for giving me an excuse to say that word. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I mean, we just have fun. But, you know, Chris, man, there's this whole thing. What was it last year? The great resignation is going on. It's continued yeah. into this year. And then now, what the heck? Quiet quitting. You know, I mean, what, what is that all let's about? Let's go there. Please, yeah. let's go there. So it just sounds like to me there's a wonderful opportunity for companies to get it right. Mm -hmm. to care about people. So what lights you up, right? So and, and just move yeah. them a little bit closer to that. So Chris Tuff, let me ask you, man, what fires you up? So, I mean, it was actually, it's been within my purpose is to inspire and connect. That's been my purpose for the last 14 years of my life. And it wasn't until I had more and more conversations like the one that we're having that was in one of them. I was, it was a gatekeeper for a very well-known entrepreneur that's fairly famous. Right. And um, it was in that kind of gatekeeping conversation that on a whim, I said to this person that, you know, ultimately my dream is to uncover as many dreams as possible in others and be the catalyst to then help them pursue that thing. Mm. And this is a very logically driven, you know, individual that isn't you I didn't sense much empathy out of this person. And and <laughs> their only response to that was, that's beautiful, Chris. Oh wow. And I'm like, wait, that's it. That is what fires me up. And it's gotten to a point now, which is kind of interesting, Joey, is that mm -hmm. um my daughters won't even come to Publix with me because when I feel that energy from someone else, when 
just like we've been doing 30 yeah. minutes prior to this thing, when I right. feel that energy, uh-huh. I get the grit. I go there, right? And I start yeah. asking those questions that yeah. a lot of people aren't asking those people. And then I'm stuck. You know, I'm, I'm in this amazing conversation. I lose track of time. <laughs> That's and, right. Clean up on aisle seven. That's right. <laughs> and I, I recently wrote a blog post about this, and it's, it's, it's titled The Most Important Question You Can Ask Anyone. And mm. it recounts this time that right after publishing Savior Asks uh, in early March, I didn't do the usual author thing. I just took my family, pulled the girls out of school and reconnected as a family down in the oh, Turks wow. and Caicos. Oh, yeah. And because I knew that was going to be super important as I go off into the world to, to find that authentic connection with my own family. Right. Mm. And so I just gotten back. I uh, where I find my fuel uh, athletically is kiteboarding. I just kiteboarded and we were at this amazing uh, Italian place, but it was this Italian restaurant where there was only like, we were the only ones in there. And there was these people uh-huh. dressed in tuxedos, these, these servers. And oh, there I looked at my wife and I'm like, this is kind of awkward. Like, you know, <laughs> we're the only ones here. Like I kind of <laughs> feel bad, but this waiter then came up to us and he had this beaming smile and just like this, uh-huh. amazing outlook and his name was john lee and john lee quickly started calling me mr chris and he's like mr chris your family the energy you guys have is just unbelievable oh, wow. and I, so we start there right and we're there uh-huh. for like two and a half hours we get to know each other we do the race to the middle I, I uncover the fact that he's one of 11 kids he's from haiti he'd moved to the turks and caicos five years prior he has wow. three jobs he's working so hard like uh-huh. and and we're just vibing back and forth and it's right around dessert and i <laughs> turn to my wife and i say i'm gonna go there are you ready and my introverted wife julie's like yeah go there chris yeah, right? like and she so could John, stop you right exactly right <laughs> so he comes back and he and he and i go john lee i'm gonna ask you the most important question anyone's ever asked you are you ready he goes yes mr chris i'm ready i go what is your dream? You're working so hard, right? You have mm-hmm. three jobs. I can see you're amazing at your trade. Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. it that you're working towards? Because I'm going to help you put a stake in the ground because we've got to be marching towards something. Mm-hmm. And he immediately replied, he goes, Mr. Chris, I have two dreams. And my first dream is to get back to Haiti, to see my family. My mom's sick and I haven't been there oh. for five years. That's my first dream. Oh. My second dream is to come to America and work in hospitality. That is oh, my second dream. Wow. And I just get, I clap, I give, I give him a huge hug. And I'm like, you just put a stake in the ground, John Lee. And he yeah. goes and grabs our like creme brulee or whatever it was. And yeah. I turned to Julie. I say, I'm going to Aladdin this thing. And we're going to make his dream first dream come true right Please. now. Are you ready? Please. And she's like, absolutely. So he comes back and I say, John Lee, here's the good news. I'm going to buy your ticket to Haiti right now. And so you just focus on dream number two. And he breaks down crying. And he's like, Chris, your family, you, I, this was God driven. Like us meeting was God driven. I know that. I'm like, well, John Lee, here's, here's the good news. I'm not just going to ditch you. I'm not just going to pay for your ticket and do it. And so once again, this is in March, fast forward to August. Uh-huh. I'm on my phone late at night. My wife turns to me. is like, it's 1030, Chris. What are you doing? Who are you talking to on, <laughs> on video chat? 
I'm like, it's John Lee. She was like, you're still talking to him? I was like, yeah, I just transferred the money into his account. He's going to Haiti next week. And she gets teary eyed. She's like, I can't believe you guys are still talking. And John Lee ends up going back to Haiti. He shares pictures and he actually video uh, chatted me there. And when he, I wrote a blog post about this is where it gets so cool. I wrote a blog Uh post about this, Joey. And, um, on that blog post, three very well entre- well-known entrepreneurs who I'm friendly with said, "Hey, Chris, if John Lee needs help getting his visa and needs a place to work, I want to hire him for my company." I'm like, Holy "How God. cool is that?" Oh, and I, I tell that story, Joey, because that to me, I don't need any money, right? When I can sit across from someone and it's not just Mm. someone that you're trying to sell to, Mm. not just the muckety mucks, right? Mm. It's in every conversation, every human is equal, right? Mm. And if we can help to, I I see that it is my duty to be that catalyst for others because God gave me this gift Mm. that I want to then take to the world. Mm. Oh, well, what's your dream? What's your dream? Man, if you just run around asking that question all day or or once a day, right? I mean, yeah. just think about how that changes all your relationships and what it does for you. Think about what it does for the work culture. You talk about working positive. Just ask somebody, what's your dream? So it's more than just asking the question, though. It's then putting the structure up under exactly. it in the company where people can pursue their dreams. So what are some ways you've seen that done best? So one of the big pieces that I work on teams around is actually uncovering purpose statements of everyone on the team. So they put a stake in the ground. A lot of times it's stuff outside of their day-to-day job. And when that happens, I either look at creating side hustles that Mm -hmm. are fueling the innovation pipeline of that organization that are more in line with that person's purpose statement Mm. or just side hustles that are non-competitive to the company itself. And what's interesting, when you actually start scratching that itch of these especially younger employees, because their expectation is that their passions will be itched and what's happening is they're not getting itched. Uh, That's why the great resignation happened. Exactly. And so I think... I mean, that to me is a way to pursue it, but it's also thinking nonlinear about our jobs themselves. And Mm -hmm. one of my superpowers is being able to piece like three birds with one stone, kind of like, okay, here's all this stuff. Here's a way that we can get three birds with one stone. And Mm -hmm. an example of that, I was working with a dentist. His name was Bonner. And I was leading a dentist retreat out in, out West. And we had just come from a vision workshop where he put his vision out there was to make $5 million. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. But like, I want to now take it, I want to take it to the next level. Vision Mm -hmm. and dreams should actually be in in the same category. So we were going up the chairlift. We were, it was about our seventh run up. I kept prodding him. He's like, it's $5 million. It's $5 million. He goes, fine, Chris. You want to know what my dream is? Uh You want to know? I'll tell you. I want to do keynotes just like you. And I want to be a high school football coach. I know I said it. It's embarrassing. I'm a dentist and I want to be a high school football coach. That's what I want to do. I get goosebumps on the chairlift up and I turn to Bonner. I go, Look, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Now, here's what we're going to do. Uh, You're an amazing speaker. I've seen you present in front of the group. Yeah. I'm going to help you write the keynote on how dentistry is exactly like high school football. Not only that, 
We're going to bring high You live in Austin, Texas. We're going to bring oh high school God. football into the backbone of your culture. <laughs> and so for your rewards and recognition, you're going to give away an MVP trophy where they their name's engraved on it. You're oh, going to wow. put blackout under your eyes to get people fired up. <laughs> you're going to actually make your – you're going to melt this – and then you're also over the next year going to create a life where you have enough freedom in it that you mm. can start coaching the local high school football team at least a couple times a week. Oh man. Fast forward. It's now been about nine months since then. And uh-huh. I checked in with Bonner and yeah. all of those things have actually come into fruition. And oh. he actually just had his first son. And he said to me, really? it's now my goal by the time that he's in peewee that I've created an ecosystem where I freed myself up to, to coach him. He was like, and by the way, there's nothing as marketable as high school football in Austin. And it's I'm actually saying, helping man. the practice. So <laughs> that's the other example, Joe, more extreme that we've got to get creative about this stuff as mm. well and not think so linearly about work versus life. Yeah. What keeps us from being creative, Chris? What I find is everyone's exhausted and overwhelmed. And in a world that moves faster than ever before, we aren't necessarily playing to our own strengths and delegating those weaknesses. That to me is the name of the game. And the more we can know ourselves, Mm. act on how we know ourselves, and then take enough peace in our day-to-day enough time to be bored right Mm, and not on our phones because it's actually in those moments that creativity hits it's boredom that really creates the most creative moments Mm. so that to me is what's missing cultivating boredom yeah how do we cultivate boredom chris well i think rules so uh-huh. We have rules in our house that sir, during certain times, you're not allowed to watch Netflix. You're not allowed to be on your phone. You just got to sit still. Or uh-huh. even for me, I'll find it and I drive my daughter to a farm to horseback ride for an hour and 15 minutes there and an hour and 15 minutes back. Wow. For one of those segments, I'm not allowed to be talking on the phone or listening to a podcast or whatever. I've actually just got to sit in the moment and either mm. connect with my daughter mm. or get a little bit bored in my head where I have these epiphanies or creative ideas. So boredom is creating space for free play. I mean, you're, exactly. just, you're just creating some space here, man. I've talked about cultivating silence for years and it's been a practice of mine. You know, I may be the only dude not listening to a podcast or, or streaming when I'm driving down the road. Right. Sure. I, it's just me and my thoughts. So how do we in a world that's on constantly, 24-7, man, you're plugged into something. What is it? The average person looks at this phone 150, 200 times a day. Mm-hmm. How do you discipline yourself enough just to say, let me step away from that and, and just create some free space for free play in my head? Well, I mean, for me, it's, you know, I'm one of those massive extroverts, right? I'm in the top 1% oh, really? of extroverts. Yeah. Do you notice? <laughs> And my wife's the opposite, (laughs) right? And I think it's understanding where it is that you refuel, but also Mm. like for me, part of, I'll tell my friends and my advisors and coaches that, Mm. you know, it's about every fourth day that I question everything, right? What can Mm. I pull this all off? Right. Can I, am I having the impact? And of course I am right. Like I, but it's actually through conversation and connection for me. That Mm. is also just as important as the piece. Mm. And so what I try to do is anytime I'm going through those moments, I need to reach out to someone immediately and and go for a walk. Right. Or I try to do as many business meetings going for a walk. 
I actually court like anyone that I'm instead of going to a local restaurant, I do a lot of my courtship at my house on my porch, eating and connecting. Mm. And um, and I leave enough time that that connection can roll on to the second hour, sometimes third hour. Right. Mm. And so you've got to choreograph a life and schedule that allows for more of that connection, both with others, but also with yourself. Mm. And so, I mean, even in my day-to-day schedule, every single night, my 12-year-old, who's very dyslexic, Mm. we have a ritual where we just sit in bed, we'll read, we'll do mindfulness together, we'll um, talk, right? Or we won't do anything. But it's usually about an hour and 15 minutes that I end up spending up there. And that ends up being not only the connection with her, but also where I'm just connecting with myself. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got the best idea. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) That's right. Oh, wow. Well, hats off to any dad who will sit with his 12 year old daughter for an hour and 15 minutes. I mean, you know, on one hand, it sounds like, oh, that's impossible. I have an hour and 15 minutes. But Most of us waste that much time on our phones, right? Look at the memories and the gold you're mining right there with your 12-year-old daughter. She's got one dad. (laughs) You're it, dude. (laughs) And we fill instinctually, we fill it with Netflix. And and listen, like I'm just as guilty as anyone else. Reaching for my phone and filling those times and, and by putting rules in place and creating schedules that ensure that that time out, I'm getting better at it. I mean, and that's always yeah. a work in progress for me because joy for me comes out of connection and momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I don't necessarily spend as much time with myself for that connection and it is important, right? And so I'm trying to find those pieces in my day-to-day that allow for that. You know, even mm-hmm. I'm on planes once a week, pretty much, you know, I'll take a segment of those trips depending on how long it is where I'm like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just mm-hmm. going to sit here and do nothing. I'm mm-hmm. not going to make a conversation with the person next to me, although sometimes I fail at that, right? That's really hard, man, because you're jammed up next to them and you're an extrovert, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I can relate to that extroversion thing because I'm I'm off the charts extroverted too, as you figured out in our yes. green room chat. Man, every morning, well, Monday through Fridays, we live on a little farm and our driveway is a quarter of a mile long. So I'm doing laps up and down the driveway and I walk at least two miles every morning and I'm by myself. And I'm doing exactly what you're talking about. I'm creating that free space in my my mind and my heart. For me, it's a it's a dual thing, and totally. uh, just looking for some free play and the ideas that come, uh, the guidance that comes, the resources that converge within me are just really golden. But to your point, I got to recharge. I got to refuel. So I got to connect with somebody like you. I got to do some podcast yeah. interviews. You know, I got to coach a client. I got to do something because that fills my my tank back up. So what I hear you saying is a positive work culture that increases productivity and profitability is one that recognizes the way people get refueled mm-hmm. and allows them to experience all of who they are as a part of the innovation and creativity uh, emphasis within the company. And that's a competitive advantage, right, Chris? Exactly. And, you know, it's amazing to me, like, I mean, some of these larger organizations, how difficult it, they make it for employees to just make a lateral move within their organization, especially with these young people. They may land in HR and after a year, they're like, actually, I really like sales, right? And then it's yeah. impossible for them to 
to move, right? And mm. so just by being a little bit more open-minded with our systems, and if we can take a little bit more time to connect with our people on a real basis, right? Mm. I call it the art of the flyby in my first book. And that's asking your people, you know, knowing that they just adopted some kitten. How's that kitten doing? Right. And they're like, wow, Mr. Tough is actually taking a vested interest in me. I love, how did you know that? I'm like, I follow you on social media. Like I saw it. Right. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, that's so cool. And I was like, and that trip that you guys just took up to North Georgia looked beautiful. Like Mr. Tough, I loved it. Yeah. My cat's awesome. And then, yeah, we went to, and then, you know, like they're like, wow, they actually care about me. Right. It's connection. And we get There's so obsessed with the other stuff that we forget the most important part, which to me is that as, as people, as individuals, we all want to feel loved, appreciated, and recognized. And mm. obviously, there are nuances within kind of the millennial and Gen Z set that make yep. it even more profound. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to open more people up to, and it works. There's so many people who at work sense themselves as invisible or they've been reduced to a task. Mm. That's actually a human being, not a human doing right there yes. sitting at your desk. Chris Tuff is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Chris, as they're listening, what's a website of yours they can go to and flip through? Yeah, the best place to go is uh, Chris Tuff, T-U-F-F dot me. It, it is a brand new website and it's got all the resources, links to the books, as well as to all of my social media platforms. I'm super responsive on both LinkedIn and Instagram. And uh, yeah, go to ChrisTuff.me. Awesome. Awesome. So you just mentioned a challenge that companies face today, and that is we've always done it a certain way. Somebody's in HR. Hey, you're in HR. What do you mean you're interested in sales? No, there's no lateral path there. What are some other challenges that you see within companies today that really prevent that kind of purpose and passion, fulfilling promise alignment? So one of the biggest things, and this is the simplest lever that we can start tweaking within our organizations, and it's not leadership-based, right? So the leadership-based stuff is the three most important leadership characteristics are inspirational leadership, autonomy, and transparency. Hmm. And those are dependent on people to do it. On the organizational side, the two levers that we have control over are pay benefits, compensation, you know, getting creative about that stuff, and workflow flexibility. And when Mm. I talk about work flexibility, I'm not talking about just this idea of being able to work from wherever you want to work, right? I'm talking about expanding our viewpoint of what that how that exists within your four walls. And my Mm. favorite demonstration of this is actually when I'm doing this keynote, I will describe a company in California where on your one year work anniversary, you're allowed to create your own job description. Mm. And it might be totally different than your old job. You create your own job description with the caveat or an evolved job description with a caveat that if you sell that in to everyone else on your team, you will then end up getting and doing that job. And I asked the audience, wow. I say, okay, it's in California, guess the company. And the immediate reaction is like Uber, you know, Facebook or, you know, one of these tech companies. Google. And yeah. exactly. Right. And, yeah. um, and it's actually Morningstar Tomato Farms. And this is something they do in their <laughs> warehouses. 
and they have Morningstar Tomato Farms. Farms. And what's funny is I found this story in a Wall Street Journal article, right? Uh Like the the last place you thought you would find it. And I started to do research. They've got a 99% retention rate. And so as we look at work flexibility, if we can create more of a choose your own adventure for especially our younger employees, but also our older ones, then we will not only be able to retain them, but we're actually going to be able to curate the best talent out there. And Mm. the same is true when someone's outgrown that organization, let them leave with grace, give them a pat on the crap back, give them a high five. And people will even ask me, they're like, Chris, you're such a nice, emotional, empathetic person. How do you fire people? I'm like, it's actually hilarious because it goes something like this. I sit down with that person and I will say, hey, let's just say his name's Keith. Keith, I can just tell you're not near as fired up as you used to be on a daily basis. I'm getting the feeling that this might not be the right fit. Tell me, what are you feeling when you come in in the morning? Are you, do you have a source of dread or are you fired up? Yeah. And finally, Keith's like, yeah, Chris, it's, I'm not yeah. thinking that. I'm like, that's awesome. Well, we did your purpose exercise. I know where your strengths lie. Let me help be a connector for you at so-and-so organization, so-and-so organization, because you shouldn't be in advertising, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And then Keith will lighten up and be like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. I'm like, and by the way, it doesn't serve either one of us right now for you to stay here. You got to take action. Mm -hmm. And so I will then a lot of times like hug that person and they've got huge smiles on their face. And these other executives are looking at me like, how, what, what just happened? (laughs) Right. What just happened? And once again, it's not always like that, but a lot of times it is right. And to me, it goes back to my own kind of duty, if you will, God made me the Mm. way I am to help be a catalyst for others and Mm. to be that both coach and mentor, but also that fire to light them into that direction that they were, or, you know, evolved to be. Or to recognize that spark within them and just fan that flame, man, put them in a place where they can succeed, right? Exactly. Because what you just described is the antithesis, the antidote to this quiet quitting that's going on right now. You know, I got to keep the job. I got to pay my workers. I got to pay my bills. I'm just going to keep my head down. Hope nobody sees me or notices me. So that's when I want to become invisible, right? Exactly. What you do is you just, man, you name it. Okay. Know what your purpose is. Know what your passion is. Know what lights your fire. How's that going for you? (laughs) Right? It's obvious. So you just create this safe, trusting place where you can get honest and then you help the person out, right? Exactly. And I I actually have in my keynote a uh, visual of I created a quiet quitting decision tree for employees that they can follow. Because to me, there's nothing worse than quiet quitting. It's complacency. No one should be okay with complacency. And a lot of large organizations or even small ones, everyone's overwhelmed. So it's up to the employee to raise their hand and start taking action towards the things that they want Mm. in their day-to-day job. And quiet quitting to me is the equivalent of like when you get into an argument with a spouse or a loved one and you give each other the silent treatment. And when when it's all said and done, you're like, what? Why did we just waste three years of our life or two months or two weeks or two days not talking to each other? How silly is that? Two minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. 
I'd rather you pull my fingernails out and make me go through the silent tree, but it's just utterly ridiculous. Man, I love it. Chris Toff is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. So you mentioned a couple of your books, The Millennial yeah. Whisperer, yep. and then your latest one is Savior Asks. Yes. Okay. So yep. both those are available wherever fine books are sold. Exactly. Um, who's reading which book? That's a good question. So, I mean, uh, Savior Asks is a lot of um, salespeople, right? So it's about how to better network and sell, although I wrote it for everyone, right? We uh, all need to become better at networking and sales yeah, in our own yeah. lives. And then, I mean, the Millennial Whisper has done tremendously well. And even post-pandemic, it became a bestseller again oh, wow. um, because all the things that I put in it are it's more true now than ever before. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of C-suite, uh, large organizations. I mean, all sorts of organizations. But, you know, what's interesting is that you look at some of the things that I learned through these generational differences. And as you look at salespeople specifically, within younger people, that interpersonal muscle that you and I developed day in, day out isn't as developed because mm-hmm. of social media and digital. And so it's up to us to help train that. Mm. Um, and so I'm finding that I've got a really nice sweet spot with young sales teams, especially in the software sales side, mm-hmm. where all of them are going in for the asks way too early. They're mm-hmm. going in with, you know, the automated ask on LinkedIn. You This happens to you all the time. All of a sudden, oh, you know, someone sends day. a connection and then nanoseconds later, they're asking for something. And yeah, so we just yeah. flip that script for people. It'll make a world of difference. And my favorite tactic coming out of Savior Asks is this tactic that I'll have people take where one of the themes I found with relationships and even the best sellers is that creating a relationship is easy. It's sustaining it. That's so difficult. And the tactic I say, yeah. And so how I deepen my relationship so fast is I video text message everyone. So if I meet Mm. someone from Delta, for example, I just, I did a speech about six months ago, an executive from Delta was in the audience and he shared his, he was like, Chris, I'd love to bring you in on my team, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I sent him a video text message after he gave me his phone number. And then he gave me one. And then we were going back at least every single week with these video text messages. <laughs> and two weeks ago, I just did an all hands meeting for his that uh, team that he flew in from South America. Oh, and uh, he's like, Chris, I feel like we're like, like best friends at this point. And I'm like, all of our interaction has been on video text messages. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. And so that's one of my favorite tactics is and for those listening you know when i do these executive retreats in the woods i'll have everyone think about someone in your life that's had a massive impression on it that if you if your life was a tree and you have these branches who was one person that helped you move from one part of the tree to a new branch everyone has those people in their life what i want you to do is think about who that person is and i want you to reach out to them and thank them for making that impression and do it via uh, video text message Mm. and send it. Mm. And what happens? So over the next three hours, people start to hear back and there's tears of just like gratitude Mm. and joy. Mm. And like, Mm. that's, that's what we need more about. Right. And if we can all just approach relationships with the desired outcome, just being authentic connection, Mm. then business will come out of that. Right. It shouldn't be the first thing we go after. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, 
Chris Tuff, Work Positive Nation, always wants to know one thing. And you just named two great one things. (laughs) So if there's one thing you could say to somebody in Work Positive Nation, hey, here's what you can do to create a positive work culture right where you are starting today. What would be that one thing you'd encourage them to do? To me, if it's the one thing, it's making sure within your work environment, you're creating a relationship where you're getting outside of the business and you're talking outside of the business and Mm. you can go to that place of asking those people what their dream is or what fires them up. And Mm. then when you can articulate back to them how that job that they're doing or their current environment that you're helping to create for them will be one step towards that. When you can help be that mentor and that catalyst towards Mm. it, that's where loyalty is born. Right. And you obviously have to be able to follow through with it. But like that to me is what we need a lot more of because there's a huge void in authentic connection out there. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but we need more of it. Just go there. Just go there. Mm, Just go there. Like with John Lee. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So it can be in a restaurant. Chris Tuff, go to ChrisTuff.me, T-U-F-F, right now. Do yourself a favor. If you're on Peloton or walking your dog or something, it's in the show notes. You can go there, as are his two books, as is his LinkedIn connection, his profile. Do yourself a favor and get started right now. He'll obviously send you video text, right? So so hit him up. ChrisTuff.me is the website. Man, I have just loved every single moment of this podcast today, and and you're my hero. I appreciate you so much, Chris. Thanks for helping us work positive today. Thank you so much, Joey. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Please share this podcast with your friends who are small business leaders so they can create a positive work culture that increases their productivity and profits. Get your free 15-point work positive checklist to help you attract top talent and reduce team turnover. Download this checklist at workpositive.today slash checklist. Remember, it pays to work positive.